Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We hope this week's message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word together. Our mission at Reach is to see lives changed by Christ together in community by loving God, loving people, and reaching our world. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com. Well, Happy New Year! Uh, whether you like it or not, you have entered into another year and another years of expectations and another year of um, deciding in January this year is going to be different. Um, the sad part is, um, or maybe not sad, uh, potentially sad part is, is some of us have already written down our New Year's resolutions. We're like, we're going we're gonna to kick January in the teeth. The sad part of that is most of those get lost about the second week of January. Um, so with that, I want to talk about this idea that I want more from you than just being a better person, a skinnier person, or a richer you. All those things would be nice, but none of those things really are going to, in eternity, make a difference. Uh, for you. I mean, richer would be nicer, skinnier would be nicer, and you just being better, which is a very vague term, uh, also isn't helpful. So we want to get more than that. I want to help you live like Jesus is better than everything else, uh, which is really what we're going to talk about today, this idea that if we're going to be uh, consistently faithful or faithfully consistent or faithful consistently, there's lots of phrases you'll hear me say all of the time, and get it wrong over and over again. If we're going to do that, we have to be faithfully consistent to something. Uh, Some of us with those goals that I just mentioned, you're like, man, this is the year I want to do these things. But like, I want to pull past that momentary thing. Because if you if you beat a momentary goal, uh, it's great. And I'm all if, if you know me, I love I don't love it, but I embrace discipline. And I love checking boxes. And I love getting up early and I've added um, a stupid cold plunge to my daily routine, which is great. I went to Tractor Supply and bought some animals drink out of and I get in it every day. Um, I'm just crazy. I don't know why. But all of those things, including a cold plunge, won't really change my eternity. And so I want us to be reshaped by something more. So if Jesus is going to be that to us, then we need him to invade our hearts and our homes and our cities. And the real question is, how do we do that? Uh, You aren't going to like my method, which I'm not necessarily going to give you a one, two, three, four, five, six step process to this, uh, because it isn't fast and it isn't flashy and it isn't easy. Uh, You will spend or we will spend the rest of this month looking at the life of Joshua and how he took the long road to being faithfully consistent. Which is really Christianity. There, there, I, I think sometimes, and I would love it too, I, I wish that there was a communion service or there was a, a something that I could give you or some interaction that would happen that would alter all the things that are going wrong in your life. And that's what we want. And I think sometimes we show up to church thinking that's what we're going to get. Instead of getting connection to a loving father that wants to lead you through the process, because it is the process that shapes the person. 
See, it's not just the things that you want changed. It is the, it is the process of that change that shapes you. Because honestly, if you got the thing that you wanted, like if, you, if you've read the statistics about lottery rent, rent winners, most of them are broke. Win millions of dollars, and most of them, because they've never learned how to manage the money, it's gone within a certain period of time. You know, if God gave you those abs that you prayed for, if you didn't do anything to keep them, they would go away. And, and that's partly what we want. We want these things. We want these big things like, ah, God, I want you to do this in me. But it is the process of getting there that helps shape you into the person that can maintain the consistency of loving God. I don't believe Joshua was after becoming Moses' replacement, which we're going to talk about during this series. I think Joshua just loved God. And he was interested in the presence of God. And because of that interest and because of that love affair with God the Father and his faithful consistency over 110 years, we see things about him and his life that he would have never gotten to without there, which is where we're going to start at today. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you silence the enemy that already right now is whispering in your ear, that'll never work for you. You've never been consistent. You won't. And Lord, we, we just rebuke and reject the lies. And we want to settle with the reality that you're bigger than all of those lies. And that you're worth the commitment to get to know and to connect to. And Lord, we want that life that you promise, that connection with you. And Lord, we're willing, or help us be willing to put in the faithful consistency of connecting with you every day. And so Lord, as we start the life of Joshua, Lord, I pray that you would interact with us, that you would break things in us, that you would build things in us, that that over this next month, Lord, you would grow in us a tenacity to want you more than anything else. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This sermon series was birthed in October um, out of a, um, a, a, a funny mistake that I made. Uh, it wasn't really a, a mistake in the sense that what happened, but if you remember, and I confess this already, so it's not like I'm telling you afresh. Um, I had a friend of ours, uh, a ministry that we support, Josh Torbich, came in and spoke in October from Christian Recovery Center, which if you give to reach... Uh, which every year in, in, in February we tithe off of our tithe. So last year we wrote like $25,000 worth of checks to local ministries, them being one of them. Well, he came in and spoke. Um, the, the funny accident was he and I had corresponded and planned for him to speak, and I had forgotten about him. I didn't write it on my calendar, and he showed up to preach that morning. I had already had a message. I was ready, had my microphone on, and took off my microphone and handed it to him. And in the middle of that message, and I don't even think he said these words, but this is what I heard because he was talking about the consistency. Literally, what makes people good followers of Jesus is just being the boring consistency of connecting. Not that the connecting is boring, but the consistency of just doing the same things over and over again. And what I heard him say, at least how my brain translated it is, is that the life of a Christ follower is one of faithful consistency. 
uh, those words kind of planted a seed in me. And I knew in January when we always kind of talk about this idea of how do we set things in motion that will help us throughout the year. Uh, which, if you're not familiar with REACH, and this is your you know, first year being here in January, every January we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's starting today. You're like, oh my gosh, wrong church. I'm not fasting. I'm going to talk about that towards the end of service. And, and there's lots of ways that you can join us in that. But I was planning on just, I, this was the topic, and um, I, I was reading this other book, and it started talking about the life of Joshua, and there was just something that was like, man, this, this is the guy. This is the guy who isn't flashy. He wasn't, you know, there isn't a whole lot written about him. He does have a book uh, about his part of his life, at least when he took over from Moses, which we're going to do two of the weeks in there. Uh, but he isn't mentioned a ton. I mean, Moses is, everybody is aware of. Joshua it was just an assistant, which is my uh, title of today's message, because that's what he was. He was just an assistant. So I want to pick up, which this is, I'm going to walk through this verbally. We're not going to read through this. I have two other larger sections uh, in Exodus 24 and 33 that I want to go through. But Exodus 17 was the, the first appearance of Joshua. And I, I want to include this so that when we talk about his desire to seek the presence of God, sometimes we can be like, oh man, he's just this hyper-spiritual, like he's that guy, that he just, he's just into it. Now this, this was the guy in uh, Exodus 17, that Moses said, hey, get some guys and go fight. And he got some guys and went and fight a, a group of people. And if, you were, if you're familiar with the story, um, this is the battle that they go out and fight. And as they're fighting, as long as Moses' hands were in the air, they were winning. But, you know, holding your, if you've done this in worship, you hold them up long enough, it starts to hurt. And if his hands come down, they would, they would, the battle would start to be lost, and people would help Moses' his hands get up, you know, stay up in the air, and they won a victory. And, and one thing that I want you to know, and I think we need to hear, because I think there's a piece of you that's like, man, if I was, if I was great, everything would be easy. Like if I was a better, and you start listing these things. If I was this, this, and this, man, it would be easy. And I love that Joshua's victory wasn't accredited to him. It was accredited to the Lord because they were only winning when Moses' arms were up. And it wasn't that he wasn't a great tactician. It wasn't that he wasn't a great warrior. But we have to understand that the victory belongs to the Lord. If you try to overcome things on your strength and your power, you're going to fail. Because if you could do it, you have already done it. We wouldn't be in 2024 going, I need to fix this and this, because we would have already fixed it if we were that person. But Joshua, and this is what we'll see, I think, through his entire life, Joshua's faithfully consistent to loving God. When Moses called for him to go to war, he went to war. And when he followed Moses around, and we're going to see this over and over again. And I wanted to include this, just so you know, he wasn't a man just sitting around doing nothing. He learned the valuable lesson over and over again. To lead, you first have to learn to follow. So we're going to pick this up in Exodus 24. So Exodus 24 is Moses' first trip up the mountain to have a conversation with God. In verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments, which I have written for their instruction. 
So Moses, with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up on the mountain with God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let them go to them. So Moses goes up on top of the mountain. He gives leadership to Aaron and Hur. So he's like, hey, people, everything's fine. I'm not leaving you, leaving you without leadership. You have these great leaders. Well, they're not great leaders. We're going to see that in just a second. Um, but he says, well, I leave them with you. If you have an issue, go to them, and they'll help you fix it. So verse 15, it says, And Moses went up on the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain, and the glory of the Lord, <clears throat> sorry, and the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearing of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. So they're witnessing this. And maybe this gives you part of an indication of why they did what they did, is maybe they think Moses just got destroyed by the Lord, this devouring fire. That's a really country. Devouring fire comes down on there. And so, uh, and they're seeing it. And Moses entered into the cloud and went onto the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. So for 40 days and 40 nights, Moses is up there. He's getting the law and the instructions um, from God of how the people of Israel were going to be different from everybody else, how, to, how the tabernacle is going to work and how, how they're going to do these things, and he's getting the law and instructions. But sometime while he's up there, the people maybe think Moses is dead. He's disappeared for 40 days. And I think the, the funny part that... I like out of this because there's pieces of me and I'm sure there's pieces of you that like if, if I saw the Lord do something amazing like I would follow I would do whatever and I'm just going to tell you you wouldn't because the people of Israel saw amazing miraculous things they saw the hand and power of God they saw God part the seas and they walked through it and 40 days of Moses being gone they think he's dead what do they do? They're like, hey, we need a new God. <laughs> that sounds smart, right? And so they go to Aaron. They're like, hey, give us, give us a God. Give us the God that brought us out of Egypt. So Aaron, he didn't go, I could never do that to my God. I could never betray my brother Moses. No, he goes, okay, well, give me your earrings and your nose rings and some gold. And I, I love how it's written because this is his explanation to Moses. Well, uh, the people, they asked for it, and they gave me the gold, and I just threw it in the thing, and the calf came out like it was like a miracle. Like gold went in, got melted, and it just miraculously turned into a calf. They didn't do that. They were going back to their old way of life, these old gods. And so Moses comes down the mountain to a mess. And the, the, the cool thing is, specifically with Joshua, there was only two people that weren't, we know for sure, weren't a part of any of this. And that was Moses and Joshua. Because Moses was in the midst of the cloud, and Joshua was there waiting for him. And so what happens is 
Aaron makes this golden calf. They set it up. They begin to worship and begin to celebrate, and they hear it from the mountain like something's going on. At first, Joshua thinks there's a, there's a war that's happening. Something is going on, and then he, he hears singing. He's like, Moses, like something's, we gotta go, we got to go check this out. And Moses comes down, and he loses it. So God made, made these uh, <clears throat> the Ten Commandments on these two stones, and he throws them down and breaks them. He's so angry at the people. Um, he, he doesn't know what to do, and he, he confronts his brother, and he was like, the people may... It's like, from the beginning, we always blame someone else. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, Adam's like, it's the woman you gave me, and God, and the girl's like, it was the snake. It was never like, I'm just an idiot, and I did the wrong thing. So Aaron's like, what else could I do that people made me? <clears throat> And so we see the introduction of the Levites. So Moses, there's this interesting thing that happened. Moses says, if all that are for the Lord come to me. He didn't say, like, all that are for Moses or, and it got my back come to me. He said, all of you that are for the Lord come to me and the, the sons of Levi come. And he says, pick up your swords and go through the camp. And they kill 3,000 people. It's an interesting thing to look up and research. And you're like, man... Um, let's just put this on terms that might be a little bit better. So we have elders at this church, um, and at the end of the service, if I'm like, hey, they didn't worship well, let's shoot some of them. I mean, I, I mean that's what Moses came, and now they were worshiping a goal. It would be y'all set up another altar and start worshiping some other deity. Uh, but he's like, hey, guys, take swords, and they just go around and just start killing the guilty. And part of the thing that we need to understand here is because like in our in our life we're like would God would God really do that? Yeah. Because he he was interested. This was the beginning of his people. This is how they were starting and he didn't make sure that they understood who they were worshiping and what how big a deal this was. And so not only did this happen, there was a plague that came, but Moses, I love this, uh, Moses ground up this golden calf into golden powder, put it in water, and he made the whole um, people drink it. Like, you, you want it? Well, here, we're, we're going to give you some of it. So they drink this ground up golden calf. <clears throat> See, everything that's going on here in this moment Moses is trying to establish a people that are rebellious and, and wicked. He's, he's trying to say God wants a relationship. From the beginning of Adam and Eve, God has wanted and desired a relationship with a people. But it's, the relationship is, isn't on your terms. You don't get to decide, this is, this is how I'm going to worship God, and this is what I'm going to do for God, and this is how much of my life I'm going to give to God. It is an all-or-nothing type of thing. He's saying, I want a people who love me. So Moses goes back up the mountain. And so the next time that we see the name Joshua is in Exodus 33. So in Exodus 33, Moses has established this tent of meeting. It was the place that God's presence would come and interact with Moses face to face. Picking this up in verse 7, chapter 33 of Exodus. So it says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp 
far from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at the door of their tent. They weren't there. They weren't at the tent waiting, like, what God's going to come down, we want to see this. They were sitting out there. It's like they opened their little flap of their tent. They're like, oh, he's going in there. Oh, we're going we're gonna to watch what happens. <clears throat> and they would stand at their, the tent door and watch Moses uh, until he had gone into the tent. And when Moses entered the tent, a pillar of cloud would descend and stand on the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise and worship at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, so he would go out, he would have face-to-face time with God, and then he would come back in. And when he would come out of the tent, who was there but Joshua, his assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, the young man would not depart from the tent. See, the tent is where the presence of God shows up. We, we don't live, we live in the post like Jesus has come. So there is no more tabernacle in the sense of like there's this tent that we can go to and that's the place. We become the tabernacle. So if you are in this room, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, if you're in this room and you are a child of God, then a peace of God is living inside of you. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Uh, Romans 8 says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. So we don't just have to go to this special tent. and, And let me just break this to you too. Sunday morning, either 9 or 1045, isn't the only time that you can come and have an encounter with the living God. I mean, I want you here. I want you to participate in worship with us, but this isn't the only place. If you, if you come and on Sunday and be like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to fill up, I'm going to fill up, and you're going to leave here and then have no interaction with the Father and then come back the next week, it's going to be a very long week. But the beauty of this is, and what I think Joshua is showing us here, is a heart of a person that was willing to worship God. And it wasn't just because Moses was watching. It wasn't just so that people could see and be like, man, that Joshua, man, he loves the Lord. When Moses left and went back to the the tents or into the the compound where all the people were, Joshua stayed there because he was interested in the presence of God. I believe that his entire life, what we see from this point on, the reason why we read what we read about him is because of this. Because he worshipped the living God and he was interested in pleasing one person, God. Joshua wasn't just interested in doing the Christian minimum. He wanted God. So he would go where God would linger, outside the tent. Everything else from this point on was because of this. He loved God and his presence. If we just spend time learning about God, we will miss God. I want you to read your Bibles. We're going to talk about things that I'd love to see happen over this next 21 days. Reading your Bible is one of those. But if you're just reading 
the Bible. And if you're just reading books about God, but you're not interacting with God, you're missing a key component of that relationship. It would be like me only reading stories about my wife and and her biography and other things about her, but never interacting with her. If you're married, try that for a week. Just don't talk to her. Act like she's not there. Don't do that. Somebody's going to leave here and he said, that's what he said to do. That's not what I'm saying to do. But I'm saying that's the foolishness that we think that we can just read the things about God but not interact with God the Father. We have, desi- we have to desire a relationship with Him. And prayer is that relationship. One of the things that I feel like God's calling reach to in 2024 is to up our level of prayer. I want you to know, probably like most people in this room, unless you're a natural intercessor, prayer is a difficult thing to do because it's not, you can't, you can't check just the box. It, it's it, you know, like you can read your one, your Bible and go like, I've read New Testament, Old Testament, some proverb, I've read my day and you can go check. Prayer is not something because there's not a, like a lot of times uh, we've been ruined because we've been around people that pray very eloquently. Or they, they pray. And you, you think, I could never be that. You know, my words aren't that nice. The thing we have to realize is our prayer life is just a conversation. It's just interacting with our parents. I mean, my kids don't change the way they talk to get stuff from me. They don't, they don't approach me and say, and they're all, all three of them are here right now. Oh, great Father, in your wisdom and sovereignty, could you please give me gas money? You know, could you, could you please fix this? Could you please do they, they don't do that because they are in relationship. They're my kids. And you know what doesn't change about my kids? Um, if you say yes to your children all the time, you're doing something wrong. I'm just going to throw that out there. This isn't a parenting class, but no is an appropriate response to your children, and they should hear it a lot because they're going to hear no their entire life. But you know what doesn't change when my kids hear no? They don't stop asking. Like when I say no, they may stop right then because they know it will make me mad if, I, if they ask immediately, but they'll 10 minutes later, hey, Hey, and the next day, and the next day, we need to have the same resolve as we're having a conversation with God. God is not going to say yes to everything that you ask for. And if that's your expectation for prayer, you're going to be disappointed and you're not going to pray. Because to be completely honest, most of what you ask for, if God gave it to you, it wouldn't be good for you. Think about all the things that you've prayed, God, if you would just give me, if you would just do this. And then five minutes later, an hour later, two weeks later, two years later, you're like, God, I'm so grateful that you didn't give me that. We have to, in prayer, understand that he knows what's best for us. So when we get a no or a delay or a later, we have to understand that that is the best thing for us. And if we'll have that mentality, we'll keep praying. But if you have the mentality that I'm going to pray one time and in 35 seconds later he's going to give me exactly what I want, you won't pray. But if you understand it's about this living, ongoing relationship, you'll continue. And the beautiful thing is, and if you're reading the one your Bible with us, 
Um, you're going to see a lot of this with in uh, Matthew. We, we may have already done this. So Matthew, we have already done this. So Matthew six, we see the Lord's prayer. We see him being asked, "Hey, the disciples are saying, hey, teach, teach us to pray." And he has these two weird stories. Where one of them's he's talking about persistency, and one of them's about the uh, the widow and the unjust judge, and a widow comes to a judge and say, "Hey, make this right, make this right," and they're like. No, he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't care about God, and I don't care, you know, like whatever. But she keeps asking and asking, and he finally is like, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And this is an example that God is telling us about the persistency of prayer. And then he has another one. It's like you have a friend that lives next door to you, and you have people that come to your house late at night, and you don't have anything to feed them, and you go over to their door and knock on his door and say, hey, can you give me some bread? I have people that came over and I don't have any. And he's like, go away. My kids are sleeping. We're all in bed. And it says he doesn't, he doesn't answer the door because they're friends. He answers the door because they're persistent. And this is not, don't compute this to like if I keep asking, he's going to give it to me. If you keep asking with a heart that is bent towards God, God will either answer the prayer or he'll reshape what you're asking for. Because that's what he does. So what I want to do um, is I want to talk about consistency, which is this dreaded word. I want to talk about 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're, we're starting today. And I want to talk about uh, what that potentially looks like. And if you've never fasted a day in your life, you're like, what is that? I mean, it's really popular right now outside of the Christian world. Like everybody's talking about it. 24-hour, 72-hour fast. I mean, there's all this talk about fasting. It is very healthy for you for short periods of time. But if you've never fasted before, I do not recommend deciding today, right now, that you're going to fast for 21 days. Now, if God does that, it's amazing. Like, please, tell us all about it. But I would say, and this is what we're asking you to do over these 21 days, is we want to take things away and we want to add things that are going to help us connect to the Father. And so fasting for you could be, and you know what I'm going to talk about, could mean that you remove social media from your phone for 21 days. Because if, if I was honest and we sat down and had little conversations, most of you would be like, I'm just too busy. I don't have time to get my one-year Bible in. I'm gonna, I don't have time to you know, pray. I don't have time for this. But if we looked at your phone and your history, um, especially with Apple, they have this, you know, Screen time, we can go in there and see actually how much time you spend on certain apps. If you didn't know that, I'm sorry, because um, it's, it's kind of disheartening. But maybe for 21 days, you just take away things that are distracting you, like social media. And just for 20, and I'm not saying forever, though I've been on Facebook for uh, two and a half years, and eh, it's amazing. I do still have my account, so if you try to interact with me on there, I am not on there, and I apologize. Um, the profile picture does say I don't use this account. Um, but take that away so that you can make room for things that you want to add to it. For fasting, you could fast one meal a day. And I, I said this first service, if you already don't eat breakfast, saying I'm fasting breakfast, I mean, you're already not doing that. The idea is adding something to it. And so you may fast one meal a day. Uh, there's a group of people that for the last month have been fasting 24 hours on Thursday. Um, so you could fast with us. I'm one of those. Uh, every Thursday, 24 hours, 
fasting. And so you could fast a meal on Thursday. You could fast all day Thursday. You could fast specific things. And, and so the idea is reminding yourself what to think about. And so sometimes you put things in your life, like one of the things that I'm not going to do for the next 21 days on top of I've eliminated social media off my phone. Um, I will fast on Thursdays. I'm also not going to uh, eat anything fried, which has a health benefit, but it's more a distracting thing because you don't realize how much stuff is fried. So like I have to make conscious choices. Like we, we may go eat somewhere that has great fried things, for lunch, and I will have to choose to not eat them. And so the idea is that you begin to eliminate things out of your daily routine as a reminder of praying. So you may choose during this 21 days, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no to the dessert, or I'm going to say no to another item. It could be whatever. The idea is setting things aside just for 21 days so that you can have time to connect with the Father. And so with that, if you're going to set things aside, you have to add two. And so um, I think, I didn't look after first service, uh, but we had several copies of the one-year Bible. I ordered 40 more that will be coming in hopefully this week. Uh, it's a free thing that we give you. They're on the uh, table out front. The one-year Bible is just broken in. So if you open today, January 7th, you'll get some Old Testament. We're in Genesis. You'll get some um, New Testament. We're in Matthews. You'll get a Psalm and Proverb. And if you read them every day, for the year, you would read the entire Bible in a year. They're there. They're free. They're for you. It's the best investment that we can make. So if you've never been a, in, in the habit of reading the Bible every day, uh, maybe the one your Bible is a little much for you because two chapters of the Old Testament, you know, it's just a, it's 15 to 20 minutes of reading. Um, this morning, it took me an hour because I would, like, lose myself. I wish I would say I was praying but I, like I was nodding, and then I'd wake up. And, uh, <clears throat> but you could, with us, grab one of those, and, and maybe for this season, just read the New Testament, which is just one chapter. It would take you like five minutes to read, or you could read the Psalms and Proverbs um, on that. So you could take those and still read with us, because when we're not in a series like we are right now, I'll be preaching out of something that you read that week. So if you'd like one of those, if there's none right now, um, you can wait and we'll grab one next week. You'll get an email today, a newsletter. If you're in our system, if you're not, you can fill out one of our connect cards, give us your email and you'll get information. But on that is a direct link to the Bible app. This one, your Bible is on the Bible app. So you can connect to it, listen to it every day. Um, you could also go to their website and it'll tell you, maybe you just want to read out of your own Bible um, you don't want a separate Bible there, and you can print out each month. There's like little sheets that will tell you what the reading is. You can put it in your Bible and then open it up and read what you're going to read that day. So the Bible is one of the most important things that you'll add to it because it is the way that we connect to the Father, the best, because we know that these are his words to us. This is how he's telling us how much he loves us. But we also want to add to that um, praying. And one of the things that we're praying for uh, <clears throat> and have been praying for for a while um, is a building. Uh, so if you're like, man, I, I want to pray for God to do something in 2024, and I believe this is our year, I don't know whether it's going to be a building. I, had, I think my son asked me the other day, you t I think like five years ago, you said before five years we'll have a building. We still don't. Um, so we may not, but 
I love checking a box. Uh, there's an app if you're an iPhone user called Streaks, um, and you can uh, download it. It does cost $5. I'm not getting money from them, so like whatever. Um, but you literally, it's blank when you get it. It looks, you know, you, you create whatever you want. And so like I have a prayer page. I have six things that I pray for every day. Um, pray for my family, pray for the building, pray for our staff, I pray for God's favor. Um, I'm doing this thing right now um, called prayer rhythms. Uh, If you're reading through the, if you look at prayer mentioned throughout the Bible, they prayed uh, in a rhythm. They prayed in the morning, they prayed in the afternoon, they prayed at night. And so one of the things that I'm doing during this 21 days of prayer and fasting is I'm doing a prayer rhythm. I'm praying in the morning, first thing I get up, I'm praying sometime in the afternoon, I'm praying one time at night. And um, their recommendation where I got this from is you start in the morning going through the Lord's Prayer because you're, you're praying those things, not just reading them, but praying through the Lord's Prayer. Um, in the afternoon, you're praying for the lost, and at night, you're just praying for things that you're grateful for. And so this rhythm of being in this mindset of I want to connect to the Father, and it doesn't have to be pretty, it doesn't have to be in King James, it doesn't have to be anything. You can literally just have a conversation with the Father. And whatever tools that you can use to help that is beneficial. Um, pick some things that you want. And I love, there's some great, uh, I'm going to mention names of books. Um, I gave all of our staff and elders this one book, which I just finished like two weeks ago, and I absolutely loved it. It's called uh, Praying uh, Like Monks and Living Like Fools. Um, I think the author is John Statton, but if you, it's a very unique title, so you can find it. But it was a great book on prayer. So if you're thinking, man, I really want to get my prayer life started, um, reading books from people on prayer will give you lots of ideas of how to pray and who to pray for. But one of the things that they said is start a list of specific things, because sometimes we intentionally pray vaguely. We're like, God, make today better. Pray things that you'll know when God answers them. Pray specifically for things that you want to see God do. So what are you willing to do for the next 21 days to set yourself in a place that you can hear God? Could you imagine what this church, what would happen within this body, these people that are in the rooms, um, if we each individually got connected to the Father. Could you imagine what our church, our homes would look like, our church would look like, what our neighborhoods would look like if we connected to the Father and we started, like Joshua, just being faithfully consistent with what he's called us to and responding to it? So what do you need to start taking out of your daily routine? What do you need to take away and what do you need to add to it? I recommend um, that you make a decision. Like, if you've already been planning this, you know we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, you've already kind of gotten your mind, that's great. If you don't, spend some time this afternoon deciding on some things that you think would be beneficial for you to connect with the Father. And my challenge to you would be then tell somebody. The best way to fail in something that you want to do is don't tell anybody. But like if, if, I t- if I tell people, I tell people all the time, like these things that I'm praying for, these things, like even the, the cold plunge. I tell people because I want the discipline of knowing people are going to be like, hey, how's that cold plunge going if I, if I 
weeks. If I'm like, well, I ain't got in it in three weeks because I'm done with that. And I've got a great deal on a plastic Rubbermaid, 100 gallon for you. Um, but if I begin to say, hey, look, this is what I want to do. It invites other people to go, how is that going? And it, and it does something to you when you know, like, people are going to be invested in you to say, hey, like, I have a, a, I have a couple small groups that I'm a part of with guys that know me really well, and I tell them, this is what's going on in my life. Please ask me about it. Accountability is so critical for that. So here's what I'm going to, I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. If you want to stay the same and enjoy another year like last year, then do all the things that you did. If you want something different, then you have to change some things. And so if you want to change some things, I recommend looking at how am I going to connect to the Father? What am I going to read, which is critical? I think one of the worst things that we can do is say, I want to read the Bible, but then wake up every morning and not know what we're going to read. I love knowing that tomorrow my reading, at least for, for this, my one-year Bible, it's established. Not that I can't read something else, but I know that if when I wake up, I'm not going, what should I read this morning? I know this is what I'm going to read. And it's amazing when we set ourselves to read something, what God will speak to us through it. So what do you want from God this year? What do you need from Him this year? Like, what are you willing to say for 21 days? I'm going to pray that God does this. And I've got some things that I need to see God move in. I've got some specific things that I'm like, God, I want you to move in this area. I want, you to, <laughs> I want you to speak. I want you to show up. What is yours? What do you want to see God do in your life? And what are you willing to do for the next 21 days to connect to the heart of the Father so that he can change things that are going on? And you, let's pray. Father, whether we're actively your children right now or not, you've designed us to know you. You've placed in us a hunger that will only be satisfied with our life given over to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would put a hunger in us, Lord, that, that something today would spark an initiative that we would just be faithfully consistent with something that leads us to you. And, Lord, I pray that you would show us your heart. Lord, I pray that you would answer prayers over the next 21 days. I pray that you would do things that we would see your mighty and powerful hand. I pray that the doubt and shame of unanswered prayers, or maybe even the doubt and shame of having no prayer life would be wiped away right now, and that we would start afresh right now, connecting to the Father. Lord, we need you. Lord, you are our dad. And you are a good father. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Lord, I pray that you... Show up when we open the word, Lord, that we would, we would hear your voice, that, that we would be like Moses in those moments, that we would get to meet with you like face to face, that we would hear you speaking to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would start there, that you would change us so that you can change our home, so that you can change our city. Lord, we need you more than ever. And Lord, I just 
right now, I know there's people in this room that are struggling with specific things where I pray that you would meet them right where they're at. I pray that you would open uh, this city to your presence in a new way in 2024. We love you. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com.